Beamer Tire and Auto Repair, now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair, all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com. Franchise players are often referred to as the face of the franchise. the huddle with the franchise players i'm jp monday along with the 144th pick in the 2022 nba draft ryan stone thanks for joining us on wtob wcog and of course tobacco road sports radio.com we are full disclosure recording this as the draft or at least the first round of the nba draft is winding down but we could not contain our excitement any further <laughs> and had to record this this show because this has just been – right now we're up to pick 18, and there is so much – I don't even know how to – I don't even know how to explain it, Ryan. This is the annual exercise we call how are the Hornets going to screw this up. They, and they managed- boy, did they. They managed to screw this up in some incomprehensible way. The Hornets so, needed a big man, and they needed shooting. Those were the two things they needed. Did they have two picks in the first round? Thirteen and fifteen, and How when about those that? picks fell to, and when that when they got to thirteen, you had two good bigs on the board, and Jalen Duran and Mark Williams, who they did end up keeping Mark Williams with the fifteenth pick. And they had three shooters on the board in Otai Abaji, A.J. Griffin, and Malachi Branham. What did they do? They picked two centers, <laughs> traded Jalen Duran to the Pistons, the Knicks. and got a pick, a first-round pick that doesn't isn't until 2025, so three years from now. Yes. And four second-round picks, which does nothing. To help the current team with LaMelo Ball. Nothing. LaMelo Ball will be gone by the time the Hornets actually use those second round picks. Uh, and the first round pick, maybe. I just, yeah, that's very, very true. I, I, I just, I don't know what Mitch Kupchak, Mitch Kupchak is thinking. And I, and I always hesitate to second guess him. But given the fact that his boss is Michael Jordan. I'm having my doubts here. There's no reason when you had a team that was on the cusp of making the playoffs, they had a bad play-in game, again, had uh, were situated great in the draft for the purpose of addressing their two biggest needs, had the right guys available to them, and they decided to get cute, ship Durant to New York, who in turn was moved by New York along with Kimba Walker, to Detroit for yeah. like a bag of peanuts and a, the, and a the slushie. Winner this, the winner of this draft is already determined, by the way. 
Oh, yeah, it's without been a doubt. <laughs> like, to get Jaden Ivey at five and then Duran, those were their two players at the top of their wish list. And we have they a cage even- we have there a cage match for worst of the draft, which is yeah. the Hornets versus the Sacramento Kings battling it out in they, who sucked the most. They, the Pistons even had discussions about taking during at five if Ivy wasn't there. So that's how highly they coveted those two guys. And they found a way to get both of them for pretty much nothing. Unbelievable. <laughs> Un- uh, unbelievable. The, the the more believable part is the fact that, number one, the Hornets found a way to screw up a golden opportunity. Now, who knows? It might pan out. But you, in the short term, what, we're, what Ryan and I have been talking about is, is you've got to get people around LaMelo Ball. Yes. He's an all-star. They can win with him at the helm. Yeah, and, and we're not objecting to the Mark Williams pick, to be clear. We were both proponents of them taking Mark Williams. They had to leave tonight with Mark Williams, so at least and, they got that. But they had a chance to add shooting as well. And maybe adding this 2025 first-round pick is a a feather, something that they want to use to try to work a trade sure. somewhere this summer. Um, yeah. But I, I don't... It's just it's hard to fathom, like how they did that. They they literally took two centers and traded one for a pick that they can't use until three years later. And Lamelo Ball literally might not be with the team anymore. And you know it's almost as bad as what Sacramento's doing with taking somebody that, quite frankly, I'd never seen play in front of your boy Ivy. Well, I. I will say Keegan Keegan Murray's a very good player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I'm sure he is. But and Jay Nivey did not want to be in Sacramento. No. So from that perspective, I kinda I somewhat understand the Kings. With I, if I was them, I would have probably traded back. Um but like Jay Nivey didn't want to Jay Nivey made it public that he really didn't care about being wanting to be in Sacramento because they have De'Aaron Fox and Davion Mitchell. Um and then he didn't even work out for the Kings. So I think the Kings kind of felt a little handcuffed by that. And that's why I think they went with Murray. But again, I I probably would have traded back if I was them. In other local news re- regarding this NBA draft, what tonight's draft is is also the greatest recruiting event ever. <laughs> in the John Shire era at Duke. Yeah, I mean, you got three. We're at pick 19 currently. The three picks already in the top 16 with uh, you got Bancaro, uh, A.J. Griffin. Um, actually, it's only two picks so far, right? No, Mark Williams, oh, Mark A.J. Williams. Griffin, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Mark Paolo Williams. Bancaro. So three, and then uh, you could you could end up seeing Wendell Moore and uh, – and Trevor Keels go in later on tonight as well. So, or probably will. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge coup for them. There's uh, there's no question. And, about and of that. course, and of course, the you know, 
there are certain fan bases that will say, and they had all that talent and couldn't beat Carolina. And I'm like, and and I'll be like, you know, maybe they couldn't play well together, but they a couple of these guys could be potential franchise changers. Well, I, I actually think the Magic made the right choice. Absolutely. And I said that on the the Facebook Live Monday night. I thought Paolo Bancaro was the guy that should go number one. He's and, the best player. Like, thankfully, I actually. Right before the draft started, I actually took him to go number one. <laughs> All right, no, no, no spoilers, at, no spoilers. At plus 250. Um, so that panned out well for me. Um, and, I mean, I, I just think he's – he Orlando needs a dog. Like, Orlando needs somebody that can take over a game. And they, they just don't have that guy. And I don't, I don't know. Like, I think Jabari Smith can be a good pro. I think Chet Holmgren can, can be a good pro. But of the three of them, the one that I know can take over a game is Paolo Bancaro. It just took him a while, um, you know, <laughs> in, in his first in in his first year at Duke, in his only year at Duke. At, there would be times where he needed to turn it on, and he didn't. Yeah. And uh, you know, and and Orlando's betting on that's youth. If they can develop that. Because he, because the times he did turn it on and take over, like early on against Gonzaga and Chet Holmgren, yeah. I mean, he was an absolute dog. So twenty and twenty and ten in the final four too. So I mean, he was. <laughs> they lost that game, but it wasn't because of him. Also, <laughs> I, I appreciate the hustle of Orlando's yeah. front office yeah. to float the rumor that they were oh. going, they were taking Jabari. Oh my goodness! Yeah. The radio gods have answered. <laughs> My one reservation it. about recording this earlier was maybe that we were going to miss out on if Jake LaRavia went in the first round. Well, he gone. At, at 19? At 19. Wow. Jake LaRavia is – who was that? The Timberwolves? The Timberwolves. This, is, this, is, it, this has been an interesting draft because there's – I mean, there's – I, I, there's, I'm, I'm counting right. I mean, there's five or six guys on the board that I would take ahead of Jake LaRavia. And there were five or six guys that I would have taken ahead of Dave and Terry, who the Bulls took before. Is that um, the magic, though? Is Are we seeing the results there of uh, of uh, preseason workouts? Or, or, or going out and doing, well, like, and doing draft out. workouts? Because he worked workouts. out everywhere. Yeah, draft workouts certainly play a big part. I, I think also the fact that, you know, he's – like, Minnesota's a team that has a lot of talent already. They they kind of – they need somebody who can, like, just fit in and play their role, essentially. And that's, like – kind of that's kind of Jake LaRavia to a T. Yeah, I, I think he's – you know, I think he's going to be a very – he's one of those guys that can stay in the league and help a team. Maybe not be an all-star. He could be an all-star. Who knows? But he, he could be, play a lot of years in this league because he can shoot and he can rebound. And I mean, he, he can, can be a Joe somebody. Harris. Yeah. Potentially. Like, Joe Harris is probably, like, his ceiling. Like, if he, if he, if he reaches that, he's had a pretty good career. Yeah, what, what an unbelievable thing. Jake LaRavia at, at, at 19. 19. <laughs> That's great. His, I, I missed that one. That was a bet I missed. I, I had him going over 26 and a half. I thought he'd go late first round, like in the final three picks of the round. But, man, at 19. That's, that is, that's <laughs> outstanding. That is outstanding. What Now, 
it it just goes to show you though there i've seen a lot of memes this the best part for me about draft nights is people are people you know the creative memes that come up and ben swain from sports channel 8 um used that meme from i forget what movie it is of the guy going all leaning back in his reclining in his car seat all the way back to hide he goes this is calipari seeing seeing shire at the draft because Shire is out there styling. I don't know if you saw him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm surprised. Like, this is one of the few years I've seen where uh, he's not there, where uh, Calipari's not at the draft. You know, and I saw Steve Forbes Wednesday night out at uh, out at the at Truist Field over at the Dash Stadium, um, the big event there for Wake Forest coaches. And, you know, I, I was wondering if he was out there, if he's hanging with Jake tonight. I imagine he is. But, goodness gracious, what a big night for Wake Forest. What a great night for, for Duke. Um, is there anybody that's a draft candidate from, from UNC this year? Because everybody stayed. Well, Brady Manick could be a second-round pick. It's, he's kind of the guy to – to watch at this point. I mean, so you basically have at this point, we're at pick 20 as we're recording this. So still we're in Still have You still have Wendell Moore from Duke. You still have uh, Trevor Keels, Alondis Williams, Brady Maddock. Those are essentially, oh, and uh, I guess Seaborn from NC State as well. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Now, oh, wait, you said you, you you called Brady by the wrong name. Dot now calls him Brady Bird. I'm not doing it. That's just that's disrespectful to Larry Bird. It it is, but I don't I mean, care. I don't care how much he looks like him. No, he ain't Bird. He, he ain't Larry Bird. <laughs> he ain't Larry Bird. Yeah, I mean, but he's a good shooter. He can rebound when he wants to. Uh, he can't guard anybody, but he can. I mean, but he can rebound. I'm not disrespecting Larry Bird's name like that. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not disrespecting his name like that. Do you think now, getting back before we're, before we have to take a break, do you think that the Hornets are done dealing this summer, or do you think there's going to be some free agent moves? Because what was happening before before this draft is they were actively shopping Gordon Hayward. It, well, um, yeah, they'll still I think shop, they've got to move him. They'll still shop Hayward. They'll still shop Rozier, I think. Um, I mean, obviously they need to re-sign Miles Bridges. That's a high priority. Um, I don't think they're done. I think – I mean, I, I just can't think that, that – it, it's impossible for me to think that an organization is dumb enough to, to do what they did tonight and not have another trade in mind down the line. Like, and I mean, it is the Hornets, so it's entirely possible. But I feel like to make the move they made tonight and not take one of those shooters – they have to have something planned for later on. So, I, I don't think they're done yet. They should have. I mean, they better have something going on. I'm looking at the best available rosters as, as they go through them here. This has been a very guard-heavy draft. Well, I mean, guard and wing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, just don't, you just don't see. We just saw an NBA Finals that had, what, one center? Playing in it, right? Yeah, that one. <laughs> Wait a minute, are you calling Horford a center? I was calling Robert Williams a center. Nah, so there you go. I mean, I guess you could call you could call Kevon Looney a center, but I mean he's six nine, but he play he does play like a traditional center, but I mean he's only six nine. 
Unbelievable. What a, what a weird <laughs> night this turned out. It was fine up until the first pick, and then when it turned out to be Paolo, the wheels fell off. I, Especially yeah. when when you saw uh, Jabari's face, they ESPN showed the react his a reaction shot on on uh, Smith's face. What was it? It was get like the odds were all over the place this week. So initially, like Jabari Smith was the heavy odds on favorite to be the number one pick. Then it swung. Then he started to drop, and he got down into the like minus one hundreds. He got down to like minus one forty at one point. And then it started to come back up, and he got all the way back up to like minus five, five hundred and some in Vegas. And then right before the draft tonight, Woj initially tweeted that there was a good chance that 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 Bancaro could be the number one pick. And then he basically tweeted right before that Bancaro was going to be the number oh, one pick. So it, it I mean, Orlando just did a really good job hiding what they were going to do. Well, we're not going to hide what we're going to do next. When we come back, we're going to go over some some sports quotes, some of our favorite sporting quotes that we can remember, and I'll tell you why when we come back on the Franchise Players. Franchise players are often referred to as the face of the franchise. Back in the huddle with the franchise players, J.P. Monday, Ryan Stone. So, Ryan, Charles Barkley, Mr. I Am Not a Role Model, <laughs> yeah, was on was was caught on the record with a live mic saying, "We're talking about the Live Tour." Yep, saying that he would kill a family member for two hundred million dollars. <laughs> He said he'd do it for $150 million, and he's like, he's talking a close relative. I mean. He would kill them. And he's the only person in America that can get away with something like that. Agree? Um, I mean, I think there's some comedians. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, in the sports world, he's the only one that can get away with it. Probably so. Uh, yeah, probably so. I mean, and that got me thinking a little bit. What maybe some, maybe Shaq, but yeah, probably probably between those two. Yeah, I mean Shaq's coming out of his shell, but that's largely. I mean, that's largely because of Charles, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's because they're part of the same show, and they kind of. I mean, they're both kind of like the funny guys on that show. Right. Right. Well, I that got me to thinking <laughs> some of the the funnier quotes. Um, from the sports world, and I came up with a a couple, two of actually I've got three, but two of them are from the same guy. So why don't you start? Well, I mean, I feel like the obvious answer here is Allen Iverson. Practice talking, talking about, about practice. I, I mean, it. <laughs> Like that, that thing has lived. What are we? Twenty years removed from that now. Twenty years. Yeah, so, like that, that thing has lived on in infamy for like twenty years, and will continue to live on. And I, like, it's just. Do you it, understand it, how how valuable, how rich you have to be to be to to get up in front of the national media well, like that and make that quote? That there, is, that's amazing. 
there is some context that has become available over the years that people did not know at the time when he said that. He had okay. a, I believe, he said this in an interview, might have been five years ago, that he actually had had a close friend die. Like, I, I think maybe maybe got murdered. Okay. Um, like the day before. And he was just he was just not in the mood. <laughs> like basically to do the interview, which I mean I can kinda understand under those circumstances. So it does add a little bit of context to it. Um but I mean still it's it's an all time press conference. Like it's it's up there among the best ever. Well, one of my favorites is it this is an old one and it's been used by a couple of coaches ever since. However, John McKay, Tampa Bay Bucks coach at the time. Yeah. Their teams weren't very good. You're no. probably as a Bucks fan very aware of the fact that they weren't very good. Very but aware. after during the season he the coach McKay was asked about his team's execution and he said I'm in favor of it. That might be my favorite coach's response to a question ever. <laughs> that is a good response. Coach, what do you think of your team's execution today? I'm in favor of it. <laughs> that was the answer to the question. I mean, Pop, Greg Popovich has had a lot of like similar answers to that during in-game interviews. Yes, and his, like, I like the fact that Pop made it his mission yeah. <laughs> to not give a serious answer to any – to any reporter's question during and games during, during games, games. Yeah. yeah yeah afterwards and before he will let you know exactly what's up yeah um i mean i guess the the next like quote that comes to comes to mind uh is playoffs oh no <laughs> for mr uh Jim mr Mora. Mora. And you know we had a we had a recent experience on the rundown with Desmond Johnson, where a particular individual on our network mentioned <laughs> a particular local team making the playoffs this season. And I really wish I had had that ready. <laughs> I really wish I had that soundbite ready because I missed an opportunity there. What in the world has just <laughs> happened? At the NBA draft. What? Well, yeah, Christian Braun now going. I, it looked like my son. Christian Braun looks like my 11-year-old son. Well, yeah, he was 6'6", six, six, yeah. We are rich. Is that kid 6'6"? Six, six? Wow. He is 6'6". Six, six. He is legitimately 6'6". Six, 6'7", six. Six, actually. 6'7", 209 pounds. Okay, I remember, I remember that. You can tell Jay Billis is on a broadcast when they're using high motor, like, relentlessly. And wingspan. And wingspan, yes. Yes, and upside. By the way, Good Kendrick story. Perkins was a very curious choice to be his uh, number two tonight. Yeah, he's not getting a lot of rave reviews on, online. I, but. I, I mean, I haven't necessarily hated him, but, like, the player comparisons have been kind of ridiculous. Oh, if you're just joining us, you are listening to the Franchise Players NBA Draft Edition, recording this as the first round is winding down. And boy, 
Have we had some surprises tonight with Paolo Bancaro ending up as the number one pick, three Duke players going in the first 16 picks, and then at number 19, Wake Forest's own Jake LaRavia yeah. headed to the the T-Wolves, right? That might, that might be the shock of the night to this point. I mean, he can afford some extra, like – like extra golf balls over at putters get him a steak get a little cheese on his whopper if he heads down to the burger king yeah that's awesome so let me uh let's let's go down to my next quote here if we're on we're talking about basketball my my next two are, are from uh who a guy who at the time was my favorite coach bob knight and um he, my favorite what for a while my favorite quote was this one when my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my yeah 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 that that is that is my favorite he did that and I can't remember when he did that but I think he was being honored somewhere. And that's how he ended up. He was in front of a gymnasium somewhere, and he decided that's how he would uh, he would end his uh, end his little speech there. That's, I mean, that's typical Bob Knight. Yeah. And the the other one that sports writers like to talk about is the time he goes. Most of us learned how to write in in third grade. Most of us moved on to something else. <laughs> you know, he would always take jabs <laughs> at sports writers like that. So, I, I, my next one is another. I mean, it might have all been kind of humorous, and I'm staying in that in that genre, I guess, in terms of comments. I love me some me. Oh, Thrill. that that almost <laughs> went on mine. I love me some me. I I don't. And I understand that sounds like it should be attributed to Deion Sanders, right? I mean, Terrell Owens fits, I feel. Yes. Walker Kessler, former North Carolina Tar Heel Walker Kessler. To the Memphis Grizzlies, actually. And the first college picture they show him at is (laughs) at Carolina. They changed that pretty quick. Yeah, they did. Interesting. What a what an amazing night for basketball. Okay, I got I got one more too. By the way, okay, Staying I want to hear same, this. I want to hear in this. that same in that same vein. I love me some me. Straight cash, homie. That's uh, what's your that's uh, Moss, right? That would be Randy Moss. The full quote is: "When you're rich, you don't write checks. Straight cash, homie." That's the full quote. I have never heard the full quote before. <laughs> My final outrageous quote that I found, like I said, also from uh, from Bob Knight, and I want to make sure that I read this correctly to give it its full glory. He was, when the college game was growing and exploding, getting ready to explode in the 70s and 80s, he would, Bob Knight would relentlessly promote the game over the NBA. People would ask him about the NBA because they wanted him to go coach the Indiana Pacers and stuff like that. And he's like, no, I don't want any part of it. 
and he said his best NBA quote is this. If the NBA was on Channel 5 and a bunch of frogs making love were on Channel 4, I'd watch the frogs even if they were coming in fuzzy. (laughs) And that tickles me to no end. Now, you have no idea what a channel coming in fuzzy is. I do. Well, that's right. You're from Danville. But, exactly. But exactly. that makes perfect sense to me. For those of us who tried to watch Cinemax, but didn't have the full <laughs> yeah. subscription. Yeah. <laughs> but that that I think, but that I think is my favorite one. But it all all the ones that we've talked about tonight pale in comparison to Charles Barkley saying that he would kill a close relative. For hundred and fifty dollars, or one hundred and fifty million dollars. I, I feel like I a lot of people feel that way, though. Really? Yeah. We can't be that. We can't be that jaded as a society. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We can. All right. Uh, I am at this point because it is so late. I am sick of basketball at this point. So let's talk about the big football news coming out this week. Arch Manning. Is he going to Tennessee? Is he going to Alabama? Going to Clemson? Nope. 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 Hook him. Arch Manning commits to the University of Texas and Steve Sarkeesian. How much pressure is Steve Sarkeesian under right now at this moment? He has recruited this man for two years. Now what are you going to do with him? Yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, but also Arch Arch Manning is, you know, he's going to be under a lot of pressure too going to Texas. I mean, they're going to expect the moon and the stars getting a Manning at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. Um, it'll be the first Manning in a while that wasn't groomed uh, by David Cutcliffe, as David Cutcliffe was his uh, was Peyton's offensive coordinator, and he was Eli's head coach, and probably the easiest guy that David Cutcliffe ever recruited as a head coach. But it's going to be interesting to see whether he's redshirted or he plays. Because I know that they've got a pretty full quarterback room at Texas, um, and Steve Steve Sarkey, we saw what his offenses could do at Alabama. We well, still has another year of high school. Well, I know, I know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. We're not talking about starting this year. So all you Texas fans out there, I mean, I don't know if there's any in the triad besides my wife, but you know, everybody needs to calm down. It's he's got another year, um, New Orleans, where he'll break. I think he'll finish breaking all of the Manning passing records at what? Newman High School. <laughs> this draft has gone drunk. Why did you just get picked number 20? I mean, no, David Roddy's a really good player, but nobody had him in the first round. Nobody on any mock draft had him in the first round. <laughs> like, <laughs> at this point, Alondis Williams has got to be sitting at attention in front of I his guess. TV. Don't you think so? I, I would. I like David Roddy going over like Ty Ty Washington, EJ Liddell, Jaden Hardy, Kennedy Chandler. This is <laughs> Blake Leslie. Like this is wild. 
we didn't talk about this earlier, and you the know suits? what I'm about to ask you: the suits. What I, a lot of people are are hating on the, the purple suit from Paolo. Um, Jaden Ivey still the, has the best look. No, I think Ivy and Chet Holmgren probably had the two best looks. Yeah, and, and I, it may have been Chet. Chet had a lot more swag than I expected. He had his um, he had a, a I, he, I had the volume down yeah. when he talked about where it came, where his uh, jewelry the, came yeah, from. Yeah, he had the dice. He had two dice, so he had a three and a four. So the number seven, which he wore with uh, with Team USA, he said, and then he thirty four was his college number uh, as oh, well. So and also, I mean, lucky number seven. So that was how he came up with the the dice. So I mean, I thought, yeah, Ivy and Ivy and Holmgren. Both had good looks. Um, I thought like Jabari Smith was a clean look, clean, solid, traditional look. Um, Mark Williams, AJ Griffin, both had had solid looks. But yeah, I mean, I'd probably have Ivy and Holmgren the top two. You know who else had a solid look today? Who's that? Me and my blue hat, dude. You know what? That was the best hat you've worn. I will say. I mean, yeah, I wore it the other night on our broadcast. That was the same hat. It was the same, was hat. It the same hat. It was the same hat. Uh, I don't know. It looked different in the picture for some reason. I don't know. Don't hate. We're going to continue this discussion. It's way better got... than the hat you wore yesterday. Way better than the hat you wore yesterday. I don't know. I think I'm going to take Desmond's advice and and show up with a Kangol, though, at our next Cobra's broadcast. But more on that later. I mean, we got to take our last... <laughs> dumb enough to do that then i'll support it i guess <laughs> we'll take our last break <laughs> when we come back we might get some stone cold locks and definitely giving out a hater aid shower you're on franchise players franchise players are often referred to as the face of the franchise the huddle for the franchise players on what has been a wild draft night edition of our show ryan um yeah i i wanted to talk and to talk a little bit to continue the discussion about arch manning and i wanted to go ahead and, and give out a uh haterade shower good arch manning has sent one tweet in his entire life <laughs> and he sent it today okay and it just said i'm committed to texas or whatever the heck it said that's it (laughs) and people a lot of people are just killing him you know just replying with bust or whatever it is just what who why why are we he's a rising senior in high school why are we why are grown folks Tweeting at kids. This is I, yeah, it's I mean, as bad I as saying, please come to my school. I don't understand, like, especially in a generation where kids can say a lot of stupid stuff on social media. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand killing a kid for just, like, tweeting something simple like that. Like, it, that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, he doesn't. I mean, he comes out there. It's not like he said, I'm coming to Texas University. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, or, that would be, yeah. 
who's going to play for the you know the, the the Oklahoma Longhorns or whatever it is. You know, I don't. You know, he didn't say anything dumb. It was very very simple. And if he had said Oklahoma, if he had said Oklahoma Longhorns, that ent- <laughs> that entire Red River area would be a complete upset mess. Yeah, it would be bad. It would be very 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 bad. But. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying, and it's just so I'm giving out a haterade shower to grown men who tweet at kids. Yeah, man, that's 100 percent fair. You, you, you can't do that. No, grow up. You're 18. I mean, and we're sitting here, not you know, talking about the kid who uh, was drafted and then traded tonight by by the Hornets. He's 18 years old. Yeah. All right. He's there's no need to tweet at him. No, no. I don't care if you're a season ticket holder. It's not his it's, fault he got traded. It's not his fault. <laughs> if you're, th- I mean, if you're 30 and you're tweeting kids, yeah, you, you got problems. You know I mean, I've got you know I've got problems with I got problems with 50 year olds wearing you know wearing jerseys, football jerseys, but this is way worse. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I think wearing a jersey under the right circumstance. I mean, not like you can't wear it every day. But, like, under the right circumstance, I don't have a problem with people wearing jerseys. I used to, but I've kind of kind of come around on it. It, dep- it depends. It de- I, I, I think it depends on the situation. Can I throw out some more hate? I've always. You're not going to yeah, – this one you haven't seen coming. Okay. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> well, I mean, what what are we hating on? Because <laughs> there's so many. Well, things. I, there's so many things to hate on, and it's none of them have anything to do with basketball. Okay. None of them have to, first. I mean, forget the flat Earth stuff. Forget the vax, no vax, whatever. That's it. It is what it is. You know, but has anybody else noticed? That Kyrie sets fire to every place he lands. What? <laughs> the Nets are on pace to be a dumpster fire right now. Like they don't. The Nets don't own any any first round picks for the next five years after they, getting Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They sold everything. <laughs> But the executive administrative assistant to get Harden, Ben Simmons, I'm sorry, Durant, Ben Simmons, and uh, Kyrie Irving, right? And Harden, too. And Harden. And there's a chance. They might have none of them by the end of this year. Yeah. And they'll be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, it won't be good. And the, the crazy, the crazy thing about it is, they actually had a young, promising roster that had just made the playoffs before they went and got all these guys. Yeah, and and now it looks like they're in, they're on track to be just as bad as the Sacramento Kings or you know or the Hornets. The Hornets are better than those guys. I, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, if they lose Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, like, there's, yeah, you know. Uh, by the way, Kevin Durant should have never left Golden State. He would have a stat. He, I mean, I'll go even further. I'm not sure he should have left Oklahoma City. He would have a statue in either Oklahoma City or San Francisco now. 
And now he's just going to be like, I don't know, the spokesman for a local Denny's by the time that all ends up because he just can't get right. Like he's get he's on my list more than than James Harden is on my point. I'd be interested to see if Kevin Durant, you know, if Kyrie Irving is moved and Kevin Durant becomes available, be very interested to see who pursues him. Now I I do have a little bit of Gatorade to give out, and uh, it's to the most unlikely source yet. All right. The very last entrant, the very last squad allowed into the NCAA baseball tournament, yep. the enough. Ole Miss Rebels. Yep. They are now going to play Oklahoma this weekend for the national championship. Yep. Which begs the question, how are we doing on our NCAA prop bets, Mr. Stone? Well, lost today. I did have Arkansas today. On Thursday, I did. Yeah. I, I won on I won on Arkansas on Wednesday. Um, I did. I did uh, take a couple days ago, or yeah, a couple days ago. I did take Oklahoma to win it all. Um, so I feel pretty good there because Ole Miss did have to burn through their ace tonight, so their ace will not be available. Uh, in this three-game series with Oklahoma, which starts on Saturday. No, um, oh, because he would because he pitched, he pitched all nine innings. He pitched on Thursday. Well, he pitched seven innings, I think. So he's so he's a not a, is he not allowed to play this weekend, or is he? Um, I don't know exactly what the pitch count was, but he. I mean, he went seven innings, so he's okay. not. He's not going to be. There's not going to be much availability if there is. Okay. Um, I mean, mostly these guys pitch. Both those guys pitched today on four day. Both those, both the aces pitched on Thursday in the Arkansas in this game, and they pitched on four days rest, which is unheard of in college baseball. Like usually, they get six, seven days rest. Um, so I, yeah, at this point, I mean, the championship series starts Saturday. You go Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday if there's a need. So, I mean, it'd be even less than that for him to pitch again. What's the opening line on the series? Um, that I'm not sure. Uh, are you done? Are you going to play something on the series? I mean, I'll play the game lines probably. Um, oh, okay. But I, I would imagine that Oklahoma is the favorite. The way that they've just kind of, I mean, all the aces are available. They're undefeated in the College World Series so far. I, I imagine Oklahoma is favorite in game one at this point. Yeah. Probably so. So, I'm interested because this basically marks the end. NBA Finals are done. You don't bet hockey. We're, we're I bet a little on. bit of hockey this year. I bet a little bit of hockey. Really? What was the last bit. hockey bet you bet on? I bet, I bet the game uh, Wednesday night. Are you that bored? A little bit. You, you don't I, mean, also, what, I mean, you don't even know what town the, the Avalanche play in. Denver? Okay, well, I'm, you know, okay. <laughs> I know hockey. I just don't necessarily love watching it. No, that, that's true. That's true. You know, it's, a not, quick it's, reminder. Not a four, it's not a four TV product. I don't care what anybody says. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you, and I've been meaning to ask you uh, about this for a while, 
we cover the the National Arena League. Vegas does not have those lines. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. That would be, and it's probably a good thing because Vegas would just lose so much money on the unpredictable. I don't know, man. They might make a lot of money on that. <laughs> as uncertain as that, as uncertain as that league is, I, I don't know. That would be interesting. Yeah, just a reminder: Carolina Cobras Saturday night on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. The away game. Uh, they are in San Antonio. Um, yep. says it starts 7 p.m. Central Time, which is, yep. if I carry the one, it's 8 o'clock our time. So please tune in for that. And then Ryan and I will be with you to kick off July 4th weekend at home. And we've got a visit from the Columbus Lions. Yep. And payback time for the Cobras. It, I mean, that's it, what they're hoping for. Oh, it is payback time. It is severe yep. payback time. And But, you know, it's, since we do have a little bit of time to talk about this, I, I'm, I'm writing the game pre- previews for the Cobras these days, right? Yep. And every week, I ask Coach Resignalo to send me a vanilla quote that won't offend anybody, won't motivate the other team, <laughs> and please, whatever you do, don't tell me that you're just looking to go 1-0 this week. He said 1-0. He sent one today. <laughs> it was a pretty good quote. It was a pretty good quote until he just until he could not help himself. I mean, and yeah, they, he, he does say he does say that on the coaches show pretty much every week that they are and, just and, trying to win go win every week, basically. You know who else says go one and zero every week? Every other football coach in America. Oh, yeah. I was going to say a lot of coaches. <laughs> I was going <laughs> The coaches we like, the coaches we don't like, everybody's got the same goal to go one and zero this week. Now I yep. do hope that they go down to San Antonio and go one and zero this week because they've got well, San Antonio has won two in a row. San Antonio, yeah, San Antonio is playing a lot better. Yeah, they've got new ownership. Um, I will say this: if you tune into the YouTube broadcast, you can hear San Antonio's hype man. And San Antonio's hype man does needs to go easy on the Monster Energy drinks. I'll just say that. <laughs> trying to get the trying to get the, it's a new team, man. They're trying to get the fan base excited. But this is over. Think, Flava Flav. Um, after I don't know, after a case of Red Bull. And then turn the volume up to ten. It's not good. It's not good, and it over it confused. It, it was so loud that it confused the San Antonio broadcasters uh, last week when I was watching. <laughs> so that you got look for you've got that to look forward to this weekend. You tune in to listen to the game, but hopefully, Cobras are now seven and two. Got a two and a half game lead on second place, and. At this point, Albany's not even listed officially in second place anymore. They're listed in third place. Yeah, behind Columbus at this point. Yeah, so there, there's the Carolina Cobras and there's everybody else with four games remaining. So we're yeah, gonna, the Cobras basically have a two and a half game lead with five weeks left. Yeah, what kind of mood was coaching last night? It was in a good mood. They got the win. Officials helped them out a little bit. So. I thought we weren't talking about that. 
Oh, we talked about it. <laughs> Got to be honest. I mean, by the way, our fourth uh, Duke Blue Devil just went off the board with uh, Wendell Moore going to the uh, Dallas Mavericks. John Shire is <laughs> the greatest coach in Duke history. <laughs> I mean, he's got still played under Coach K. Yeah, but John re- re- Shire recruited all these dudes. That's Shire, true. Shire, and uh, so he could be. That's right, because Shire became the lead recruiter recruiter after Capel left. So basically, pit. Duke Duke has four picks left for Trevor Keels to get drafted, and they can tie uh, tie Kentucky in 2010 for the draft record in the first round. Meanwhile, Kentucky fans are very unhappy about this draft because one of the <laughs> well, the guy the guy that uh, the guy that went the highest didn't play didn't play this year <laughs> that's the one that's what i was gonna say what's his name Shaden sharp he's a fantastic play player but what did he do he basically just said I, i'm he basically good. i mean he basically it was basically like a red shirt year with just him like practicing with the coaches essentially and like Basically, it kind of came out after the season that the plan was really for him to never play. Like, it was just basically, he was just there to, like, kind of get the practice experience, not get hurt, get ready for the draft. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is kind of, that's kind of what, it, I mean, and his cancer is a little bit different with Kentucky because he had eligibility questions because he played in right. the pros. Uh, but that's basically what ended up happening with him. Sports are fine. Everything's fine. Oh my gosh! Well, you're, you're the you're the guy who who's the expert on betting. What are the odds that um whoever whatever his name is from Kentucky actually attended a class during his practice year? Oh, Shaden Sharp. Yeah. <laughs> did he did he set foot in a classroom in Lexington? I mean. Online classes don't count. Did to be he on, go into a school be, building? I mean, well, to be on the team, you have to meet whatever the standard is. Ryan Stone, we're talking about Kentucky. I mean, I agree. I'm just saying I don't know exactly what the standard is. It's hard for me to say. Oh, and on that note, then, we are desperately <laughs> out of time here on our special draft night recording of franchise players this has been the weirdest night detroit basketball oh not charlotte basketball (laughs) not charlotte basketball tune in saturday on the rundown where uh desmond johnson will defend everything that michael jordan's team did (laughs) on draft night over under over under on that is uh over one thousand Take the, take the over, and then let's <laughs> see if he mentions Hubert Davis as a potential coaching candidate if Don Staley <laughs> says no. And on that note, yes, <laughs> for our producer, Desmond Johnson, my co-host, Ryan Stone, I'm J.P. Mundy. You guys have a great weekend. We'll see you next week on the Franchise Players. <laughs>